And you might feel full, you might even feel sick to your stomach because it wasn't wholly what you wanted. And I was doing this in so many ways that I can see so clearly now. The way I dressed was kind of a projection to the world of me trying to look important because I really didn't feel important, but I craved a life that felt important. I craved a life that felt worthwhile. Hey there, I'm Renee, a self-proclaimed shopaholic turned minimalist. In just three years, my family and I downsized our house, paid off debt, and I learned to make passive income online so I could work anytime, anywhere. We did all of this in pursuit of a life of more freedom, flexibility, and fun. And the crazy part is, the more I detached from my stuff, the more I was able to let go of pesky habits like people-pleasing, saying yes to everyone, and being who I thought I was supposed to be rather than showing up authentically as who I am. That's why I want you to see the Unstuffed podcast not as a place for all things decluttering and organizing, but rather as a place where together we can unload it all. From donating those pants that no longer fit to bidding adieu to those relationships that have run their course, I want you to see our time together as a time where you can unwind, let go, come as you are, and there is no need to apologize for the mess. So let's shed some layers, drop some dead weight, and start living a little less stuffed. Welcome to the Unstuffed Podcast. Hey there, it's me, Renee. Welcome back to the Unstuffed Podcast. Before we kick off today's episode, I wanted to read a review from one of you. This is from Jay Smo. I hope I'm saying that right. This review says, finally, finally found a podcast I truly align with. I listened to two episodes so far and I'm hooked. Thank you for being so real and open about the hard stuff. Thank you so much for taking the time to leave such a kind message. And I'm so thankful that you found a little home in our little corner of the podcast world. I'm so thankful that you're here. And for those of you who are longtime listeners, remember, it means so much to me if you would take the time and leave a review, not only because I like reading them for me, but because I like being able to share them back with you guys and give you guys a shout out for being the superstars that you are. Now, I have a confession. I stumbled upon an old blog post from two years ago. And it was about five life lessons that I learned after five years of being a minimalist. And I thought, should I update this and do seven years, seven lessons? But the truth is the lessons that I wrote down are just so good. I really don't feel like there's much I can add to them. And I really want to share them with you. So even though it's been longer than five years of practicing minimalism. And I would say even more than five years, like it's been even longer than that because I'm saying five years in this blog post, in this podcast today, based off of when we downsized our house. But the truth is I started decluttering and minimizing before we downsized the house. So it's a fun little title. Let's just go with that. It's a fun title to go with, even though it might not be historically accurate. (laughs) 
It is absolutely crazy to think that it's been five years, or I should say, sorry, it's been seven years. It's been seven years since we officially purchased and and downsized our house. There have been so many small victories and lessons to be learned throughout this journey. And I love sharing them with as many people as possible, even though it took me a while to get there. Trust me, I didn't come out of the downsize ready to share. Um, But the thing is, you can tell, you can try to tell people, you know, you can try to prevent people from making the same mistakes. You know, if I tell people like, well, don't do that because we downsized and we had to go through this and it was so awful, you know, even though they might, you know, kind of see some of the things or maybe they'll learn from some of my mistakes, there's a good chances that there's a good chance that people are going to find new different mistakes to make on their own, right? Even though that may be true, I still wanted to take this time for you and me to share five of the biggest life lessons and the mistakes that I learned during the last mm, seven to 10 years of minimalism. The first lesson that I really took away is that, you know, we are buried under all of our junk. For a lot of people, minimalism starts with the realization that you don't, you just have too much stuff. Some people might even get into minimalism because they saw someone like Marie Kondo demonstrate it. Um, you know, so you see this pre, pretty clean house and it's got less clutter and, you know, you, you crave something like that. And while there are so many benefits to having a clear, clean, easy to manage and less to clean space, what you can really begin to see take place is that you'll start to find yourself buried under all of your stuff. And I don't mean physically, of course. As you begin stripping away the stuff, you start to get more and more in tune with your inner self. At least I did. When you are forced to face your accumulation habits, you get the opportunity to find out what internal void you were potentially trying to fill using stuff. So during my minimalist journey, I slowly began to see pieces of the life I really wanted to live start to emerge. I began to see how my spending habits were a way of me playing it small. And no one wants to believe that we're self-sabotaging our own lives, but I promise we do it all the time. This is something I call the drive-through life. And I use the example of imagining that you're craving a big juicy burger from your favorite burger joint. It's a five-star restaurant and it comes with like the best fries ever. But you quickly tell yourself like, no, it's too far away. No one's going to go with me. I'll just go to McDonald's. And you go to McDonald's and you get a burger and you get fries. It's what you want, right? But you eat the burger, you eat the fries from McDonald's and you don't have the same satisfaction that you would if you would have gone and gotten the burger that you really wanted. And you might feel full. You might even feel sick to your stomach because it wasn't wholly what you wanted. And I was doing this in so many ways that I can see so clearly now. I see how the way I dressed was kind of a projection to the world of me trying to look important because I really didn't feel important, but I craved a life that felt important. I craved a life that felt worthwhile and that, you know, maybe that I had a platform to stand under that I was using my voice. And I felt like maybe if I looked like a powerful, strong, confident woman, then I would become it. And I really didn't. It just almost, you know, 
made me more and more crawl into my shell where now I really feel like I use my voice and I am sitting here on my bedroom floor recording this in leggings, oversized socks, and just a slouchy sweater. You know, high heels aren't barely in my wardrobe anymore. I don't feel the need to look a certain way because I am behaving that way. I'm behaving the way I want to behave. But for so long, I was just buried under all of my junk. And I was using stuff as a way to kind of put up an armor and protect myself and try to project to the world that I had it all figured out when I didn't want to admit to myself that I really didn't. So if the idea of trying to connect with your inner self sounds really overwhelming and a little bit weird, I get it. You know, it's definitely a journey and it's a journey that I wish I had a little more guidance on while I was doing it. It was something I kind of had to figure out on my own, but that's why I created um, this podcast and the blog. And it's why I have my spiritual minimalism membership, you know, to try to take other self-seekers, other people who want the clutter-free space and a clutter-free life um, so that we can kind of work to uncover our limiting beliefs together and under uncover what our deepest desires are and clear away the clutter so that we can begin building that life that we truly are craving. Second lesson I learned is that this is not a competition. I remember going into like mild panic attacks when I would see someone living in a tiny house or who had a perfectly designed minimalist home. And as silly as it might sound, I started to feel like I couldn't call myself a minimalist unless I was doing it exactly like these people were. Like I wasn't minimalist enough. Not only is this mindset wrong, it was basically the same mindset that I had just in a different direction. So before it was going, oh my gosh, they've got the latest styles. I need to have the latest styles. If I'm not wearing skinny jeans, who am I? I'm going to be left out in the cold and everyone else is wearing skinny jeans and I should probably buy some of my own. You know, trying to keep up in that way, going to, I probably have too much stuff. I need to get rid of more stuff. They have less stuff than I do. Either way, I was trying to make life a competition. It doesn't have to be minimalism or any other part of life the more we created a competition, the more we're focused on everyone else's journey. You know, if we're not competing, that means we're focused in our own lane. But that voice of competition can be so sneaky and hard to know it's even there. You know, I used to struggle with feeling guilty when I wanted more clothes or when I liked my clothes. I wondered if I was selfish for wanting a master suite in my home. Could I really call myself a minimalist if I wanted my own private bathroom? And the answer to any of these questions that you have is yes. Whether it's minimalism or not, absolutely yes. Minimalism, life doesn't have to be some mark you are trying to aim for on a map. Life is a journey that should be designed to fit your needs and your wants. No one else even needs to be on this journey with you. I don't even care if they're in your own house. There are certain boundaries that you can make where you get to make your own decisions for who you are and how you show up. The third lesson that I learned was that no one else needs to understand this. Kind of ping-ponging off the last thing I said. Just like no one else needs to be involved in your minimalist journey and competition isn't necessary, it's also important to remember that not everyone is going to understand your experience. 
Friends and family often think I am judging them when they purchase a new item or if they own a large home. Um, But in reality, the exact opposite is true. I love seeing people who know what they want the most from life and aren't afraid to go after it. And I can only hope that that's what they're doing. The only judgment, and it's not even a judgment, the only worry I would have is where I'm going, I hope you're not trying to keep up with anybody else. I hope this is the life that you want. If you want the big house, if you want the pool in the backyard, if you want the latest sweater that dropped on Amazon, I hope it's all stuff that you want and not something your brain has tricked you into believing that you need to have. That's it. If you love having a big home for entertaining, housing guests, and dancing naked on Sundays, then by all means, that is what you should do. In fact, minimalism is actually really common among some of the wealthiest people in the world. Steve Jobs, you know, was very minimalist in a lot of ways. Leonardo DiCaprio has been known to be minimalist in a lot of ways, even though he has a yacht and things like that. They might not practice it in the same way, but it's a really common thing for people who have gained a lot of wealth. Warren Buffett, one of the most famous investors, is really minimalist um, in the sense that he wears the same outfit and he gets the same breakfast every day. Sticking to that same routine allows other people and you to show up bigger in the areas where you choose. But just like there is no need to judge anyone else for their journey, even if they, you know, are quote unquote further behind than you, there is no need to accept judgment from others who want to make you feel weird or guilty for your journey. Remember, people will always throw shade at us for things that they don't understand themselves or for things that hit their trigger buttons, especially if we're making them uncomfortable. It is human nature to like our comfort zones. And when other people venture out, it can make us feel like our own security is getting shaky. So if someone feels the need to throw any nasty comment your way or any little side eyes, do your best to recognize this as their defense mechanism. And remember that it really has nothing to do with you. And side note, if anyone is going to be spending their time back talking about other people in their spare time, they have taken away their own power. They are making you the star of their show. They must be really bored in their own show if they're choosing someone else to be the star, right? So if that's happening, please see it this way as a reminder that they're choosing to talk about you rather than focus on themselves. And that is a super bummer, but it really has nothing to do with you. Number four, minimalism goes way beyond stuff. I still talk about minimalism obsessively, (laughs) um, in case you didn't notice, because even though I have pretty much reached a level of doneness when it comes to the amount of stuff I own, the truth is letting go of my stuff was only the beginning. I kind of look at it this way. So I got rid of stuff that I didn't want to wear right? Which helped me get rid of the need that I felt to wear trendy things. You know, I got rid of stuff I didn't want to wear and it helped me get rid of that need I felt to like keep up with the trends or always wear what other people were wearing. I decluttered stuff that I felt obligated to hang on to because someone else gave it to me. And learning to let go of that stuff helped me start making decisions that felt right for me. And I was no longer basing it off what everyone else wanted. I got more intentional about what I brought into my life 
when I came in from shopping, which allowed me to spill over into the rest of my life and be more guarded as to how I spend my time, who I allow to share my energy with and what will and will not cross my path when it comes to worrying. If you are intentional, minimalism has the power to spill over in all areas of your life. In fact, this is the entire basis for my spiritual minimalism membership is learning how to start with decluttering in a way that slowly shifts into other areas of your life and allows you to release excess garbage that you've been hanging on to so that you can transition into the life and the direction that you want to go. If you're not a part of the spiritual minimalism community and you want to check it out, there is a link available for you in the show notes if you want to just kind of scan and get an idea of what is going down in that group. The last lesson that I learned was that you will fill back up again. This is something I've actually been thinking about a lot. So I was really excited to see it pop up when I was scrolling um, this post. This crazy thing will probably start happening to you on your minimalist journey, just like it did to me. You are going to reach a point where you want to declutter or eliminate stuff. This usually happens during times of stress. If you're anything like me, you know, and we, we can often use it as a way to just try to feel in control of something when we're out of control. And I personally think that it's so much better than any other options I've tried, right? I've tried overeating, drinking too much, shopping too much to try to gain some sort of sense of control in my life. Decluttering, cleaning, organizing, never really had regrets with that one. But you get to a point where there's nothing left to eliminate. And then there's this awkward feeling of having nothing left to get rid of in your life. And it can make you feel really uncomfortable. But let's talk about what that means. This means that it's time to sit with who you are and evaluate the journey you have gone on so far. You can begin to ask yourself questions like, what do I have that makes me the happiest? How do I want to start spending my time now that I don't have anything to distract myself with? And is there anything that I've eliminated that I really miss? Because like I said, minimalism is a journey. It's not a destination. You will definitely come to some forks in the road and where you won't be sure what to do next in minimalism, in life, in relationships, and everything. Besides, the freeing feeling of decluttering can truly become intoxicating if you have been using it as a coping mechanism like I did. Then things just might get really uncomfortable, like I said, when there's no more decluttering to do. You're forced to start coping in better, healthier ways, or you may have to confront the little demons that have been lingering below the surface. I promise this is a good thing. It's something that so many people are so scared of, and it's something that I have grown to get excited about. When I come to this place where I can feel there's anxiety and I want to clean or organize or distract myself in some way, I go, okay, what is this feeling? Where is it coming from? What is it telling me? And how can I get it the hell out of my head as fast as possible? Because I know it might sound a little scary, but I promise there's so much freedom to be found in a life that you no longer need to escape from. There is beauty in finding contentment with the things that you have and the choices you make. So let these words be your encouragement as you continue on. Hey again, thanks so much for hanging out with me today on the Unstuffed Podcast. It means so much that you chose to carve out some of your precious time 
just to hang out with me. If you aren't quite ready for our time to end, head to the show notes where you can grab my free declutter checklist, join my newsletter subscription, and connect with me on some of your favorite social platforms. Sending you so much love until next time.